Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hi, welcome back to the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Joel Grote, and today I'm coming to you from Salt Lake City, Utah. And I'm Lynn Wilder, and I'm in Florida today, Joel. Isn't technology wonderful? It really, it really is. Praise God. We want to praise God, too, for all of you who have been listening to us. We would really appreciate if you would go to iTunes and leave us a review, leave us a rating. Um, we'd love to get some feedback and for you to let others know whether this has been useful for you and how it might have rocked your life. Um, I had an interesting thing recently. I was in Phoenix speaking maybe six weeks ago and I heard of a woman who is still in the Mormon church who's been following the podcast for oh, several wow. months. And That's she cool. stepped into a Christian Bible study in her neighborhood, testing the waters of biblical Christianity. And uh, <laughs> we great. thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we've been talking about the stages of grief and how difficult it is to transition um, yes. from performance-based religion to a relationship with the living Jesus. And we're at the very end of talking about those stages. We're ready to really spend some time today on the stage of acceptance and resolution. Wow. Well, that's where people really want to get to because <laughs> <laughs> the other stages are by and large no fun at all. They're not. In fact, in the acceptance and resolution stage, often your emotions begin to settle down and you've been isolated or you've isolated yourself often through these stages when you get to acceptance and resolution. Sometimes even you begin to seek after relationships again and begin to feel a little bit more stable. <laughs> yes. And I think last week when we ended, we had been talking about Philippians chapter three. Mm. Because Paul, because we were talking about this whole idea of the need to, to press forward. And Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, kind of in verse 12, 13, 14. In verse 14, he says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He's saying, let those of us who are mature think this way. Um, and so his whole focus shifted from performance-based religion and you had said, yeah, we need to camp out a little bit in Philippians 3. Mm -hmm. And I understood why, because when you go back to the beginning of that chapter, that's where Paul talks about what he was like in performance-based religion. Um, he says, you know, in the flesh, I had all the reason to have confidence in the flesh. He said, if anybody thinks 
they can do this in the flesh and not in the power of Christ, I have all the more reason. And he runs through like his pedigree. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless, so I think we should kind of explain to the audience what it means to have confidence in the flesh. These are things that he's describing that are kind of honors of men. These, these are appearances. These are things that men often look to and respect you for, particularly in performance-based religion, right? It kind of matters what rank you have, what calling you have, um, how large your influence is. But these are worldly things, according Absolutely. to the Bible. Yeah, and, and he says, you know, he, he was proud of these things. And everybody looked up to him in that same circle of performance-based Judaism for those things. Yeah, and then God came in changed his circumstances and changed his life and often when we're going through these transition stages we're angry that this has happened to us but when you get to the end of the stages and you get to that acceptance and you come to know the lord of the bible and you understand he's a god of love and that he's personal it occurs to you, this might have been the only way he could get you extricated. <laughs> this is what right. he used to change you, to teach you, and now to move you forward. Right, stripping away all those things that let you think highly of yourself. And, and that's what he says in verse 7. He says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth mm. of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Mm. And, and that's what God wants. God wants us to know Jesus Christ personally to the point where nothing matters more than Jesus. And does that mean family? Yeah. yeah, well, Jesus wow. said, if you're not willing to lose mother, father, brother, sister for my sake, um, and that doesn't mean you maybe don't get some of that back. And I mean, and he goes on to say, for his sake, for the sake of Jesus, I have suffered the loss of all things. I lost it all and I count them as rubbish. That word rubbish was like dung, yeah. um, manure. Um, it was a fairly graphic Greek term for something that was really odious. Mm -hmm. He said, I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Notice he says there, I want to know Christ. I get this comment many, many times in ministry. How do I have a personal relationship with Jesus? How do I come to know him? How do I press forward? And how does he become personal to me? 
Well, one of the sections that I also love, Joel, is in 1 John 4. 1 John 4, let's start in verse 7. Okay, cool. I love 1 John. Oh, my goodness. Because I want to see where you're going with this, though. All about the love of God. <laughs> That's yep. scary, isn't it? Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So one of the defining, the defining characteristic of someone who knows God is this like overwhelming love. You have this love, you felt this love from God, and then you are willing to extend this love to others. Who, yes. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Now, the God I knew in wow. performance-based religion, I would never have described as love. I would have described as a punisher, right? This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now here, dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. Okay, and then I think it's down in 17. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. So if you believe in a God who's always looking to see what you've done wrong or and you're constantly having to measure, that's not love, that's fear. Fear right. of continual punishment. But the one who fears is not made perfect in love, but the one who knows love is made perfect in love. And when we look at our own relationships as people, if you have the closest of relationships, say between a husband and wife or between a parent and child, and what starts to come into the relationship is this fear of punishment, this fear of reprisal, this fear of judgment, all the intimacy of that relationship starts to dissipate because love and fear can't. Not that, not that fear of judgment and punishment fear, because okay? there is a fear and awe that's like a holy respect. That can be there with love, but this fear of judgment and punishment, you can't have a close, intimate relationship, trusting relationship with someone that you fear. I had this discussion with someone on the phone yesterday. Um, she had left performance-based religion and because of the pressure of in-laws, her family and her husband returned about a year ago and then I just heard from her a couple days ago. I knew she'd be back because once you start down that road and you know what you know and you have a taste yes. of this God of love then you yep. just can't walk away. But she's trying so hard to bring her husband along. And so she's telling me, I told him this and I told him that. And I, I keep saying <laughs> it's a cult. And I said to her, why yeah. would you say something like that? Can you, you understand how hurtful that can be to someone who yes. believes something else? I said, 
now that you're moving on, respect and love are more important than ever. And that's something that I find fascinating within performance-based religions who will talk about love and they'll talk about acceptance. And yet you realize that love is not based in God or in Jesus. It's based in their affiliation with the organization, with the religion itself. And so when someone they do love, when someone they're close to has the audacity or the courage to leave the religion because they simply don't believe it or they've discovered things that makes them realize it's not true, instead of continuing to love that person, very often they turn on them. Um, they break relationship, they walk away, um, they attack, they hurt, they withhold relationship with kids and with grandkids. And I look at that when that happens and I, it, it just breaks my heart because I say, wow, they haven't tasted the love of God. They've had love for their religion, not for the love of God, because if they truly loved God and knew the love of God, they would continue to extend that to the people in their lives. And I don't know what you've seen or experienced in that, but man, it's so hard to watch from the outside. I think if you do not move ahead to experience the love of a real God in your life, you're stuck in that anger stage for, for years sometimes, right? And there is yes. no healing. There is no moving ahead. Only this this love, this redemption, this reconciliation, this mercy change you from the inside out. And only when you're changed from the inside out do other people have any interest in the journey you've been on. And I think of so many people we've interviewed where that's been exactly the case. There's been relationships that have been broken and yet those people continued to extend love. They continued to seek to be in an intimate, trusting relationship with God through Jesus Christ, putting their hope in Him and His love. And then those relationships started to turn around and people were drawn back to them. I don't think even realizing they were actually being drawn to the true love of God that the person was manifesting. Exactly, and that can keep a marriage together, right? No yes, <laughs> and I think that's, you know, so we would, I would just say to anybody who's at the stage where you're the one who is transitioning out of performance-based religion, you're the one going through some of these stages, please look to God to give you the strength to continue extending grace to that spouse or to those children because God only knows um, when there may come a change and when God may use your love to touch their hearts. You had said before we started this um, off air, Lynn, that you wanted to talk about kind of what this moving ahead looks like. So I wanted to give you a chance to jump into that um, while we've still got time in this segment. So. Um, you okay sure. with doing that now? I don't know if you got more to say about the sure. love thing, but I just, I was so intrigued by that. And I don't know exactly what you're going to say because you didn't give me a lot of details, but I'm fascinated. So 
as much for me. I want to hear what you've got. Well, I think when you've been through those stages and you get to this acceptance, um, like I said, your emotions begin to settle out. There begins to be a calm, but that calm only comes when you're beginning to have a new identity. So your old identity's gone, your old culture's gone, a lot of your relationships are broken from the past. But, but you know what? Circumstances that upturn your life can be really good because you're gonna walk forward, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and in doing that, you wanna reach out to other people who have maybe been down that road and seem to have settled in a good place, I would say, but also reach out to people who seem emotionally and mentally healthy right there locally for you. And that often happens in a church, you know? And I highly recommend, you've heard me say this over and over and over, a small group Bible study. Certainly you need to be in the word, but it's helpful also for someone to help you interpret that word who's been studying it for many years. So true. Yeah, (laughs) because there's so much in there. It's good stuff. Right. And often when you've been in performance-based religion for any amount of time, and a lot of the people that you and I both deal with have been in it for a lifetime, 15, 25, 30, 40 years, there is so the filters and the paradigms and the lenses with which you look at even the Bible are so inaccurate. Um, They're distorted and it takes time to switch lenses so you can begin to have an undistorted understanding of scripture and who God is and what a relationship with God is all about. As I was trying to move forward, um, I was going to work every day and I had a new friend at work that I kind of trusted and I was sharing some things about my (laughs) where I'd been and what I was thinking with her. And I remember asking her one day, do I look like a polygamist to you? I, <laughs> now, I know that seems strange, but I literally did not know how to dress in the outside world without wearing temple garments. I didn't know oh. what was appropriate, what wasn't appropriate, what was, you know, my yeah, students in Florida <laughs> all wore yes. short shorts and all kinds of inappropriate stuff. Yes. <laughs> and still I was very uncomfortable with that. And yet I didn't want to look really odd the other direction either. But because I'd been within uh, performance-based religion culture for so long, I didn't know how to dress. I wasn't sure how to interact with people. Um, everything was new. And so I just had to learn to step into it, laugh at myself, let other people laugh at me. Um, Well, your entire identity for most folks, especially if they're generational, right, has been in this performance-based religion. So people will say to me, I just, I don't know how to not be Mormon anymore. And And I'll say to them, you know what? Your culture can still be Mormon. Your people are Mormon. Your heritage is Mormon. But you can have a different faith, and that's okay. So what else do people have to look forward to as they move more fully into this 
approval, I mean not approval, into this acceptance and then moving forward stage. What are some other things they can look forward to experiencing? New relationships. Sometimes okay. new job, new <laughs> new stage, right. you know, all of those kind of things. Um, learning about the Lord Jesus um, and separating doctrine. That was really helpful for me. I needed to know what the God of the Bible said about priesthood and about temples and about was there really great apostasy and did we live before we came to this earth all of those things are thinking things that i had to sort through um so what let me pause you for a second there so what did you use as tools to help you sort through some of that stuff because you're right those are really important those are foundational issues um, how did you start sorting out what the truth was by getting into the Word, but then when I'm reading it just by myself, it's sometimes confusing, right, when it's new. Yep. I tell you that Adams Road Music helped me a lot. So AdamsRoadMinistry.com has at least 10 albums, and it's 80% scripture put to music. So I would listen to this, and I'd listen to this scripture over and over and over and then one day I go oh I think I get it <laughs> <laughs> yes um, that that's fantastic yes okay well and even my marriage changed even my relationship and Mike and I had been married more than 30 years at the time um, it changed because now I'm changing and he's changing and so how we interact with each other was changing and um, in the beginning that's a little scary but once you walk it out it's a little fun too. <laughs> yeah well I, yeah, I guess the whole husband wife authority dynamic is going to shift radically because you know the Mormon faith that you were in is so male dominated um, so patriarchal, you know, all the priesthood authority is vested in the man. Uh, yeah, and, and so to sort that out in a husband-wife relationship where that's no longer on the table. So how long did it take you, how long did it take you guys to kind of work through that? <laughs> it was, I think it was several years in the beginning. Yeah, I remember I thinking, it. Maybe we need to go to one of those marriage weekends. You know? <laughs> yes. We never um, did go. But, okay. But we seem to figure it out. But even my relationship with my kids changed because in Mormonism, I always thought that the parents needed to be in charge of everything and that kids needed to come home for holidays and that we had to be intimately in every detail of their lives. And I, I'm not saying those aren't good things, but I learned to give my kids a little more distance, treat them as adults. Uh, yeah. So, okay, we've got about a minute and a half left, not even that, about a minute left. Um, your closing encouraging thoughts for somebody who's in these transition, um, so they keep moving forward, so they keep, no matter where they are, keep pressing forward through the anger, you know, through the bargaining, through the depression, into finally this acceptance and moving on stage? Actually, I've heard from a lot of people who said the book, Unveiling Grace, has been really helpful for them. Here, yes. Here's one of my 
favorite recent emails. This gentleman's in West Africa. I won't tell you which country, but he yep. joined the Mormon church, went on a mission, baptized more than a hundred people on his wow. mission. He had an aunt and an uncle who were both medical doctors here in the United States. And his aunt decided to go see him and take the book, Unveiling Grace. And wow. he read it and he came to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, got a hold of me and said, now he's on fire to help other folks know the Lord. The, the resources that you have on your website, Joel, IRR.org, IRR.org, and that we have on our website, unveilingmormonism.com, can be really helpful when you're trying to find a new life. Yeah, and if you want help with specific resources, don't hesitate to contact us via the podcast website, which is unveilinggracepodcast.com. You can write to Lynn or you can write to myself. And if you're like, well, oh, this is too much to sort out. I want help with this specific thing. Then, wow, shoot us a message, shoot us a note. We will be happy to get that to you. And wow, we're kind of at the end. So yeah, um, so I'm let if, you close this out. Okay. So if you feel like you'd like to help us financially with the podcast, go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and you'll get a free gift. Yes, that's true. To anybody who donates, um, this month we're offering your book, you and Michael's book, Seven Reasons Why We Left Mormonism. And that'll be in the show notes. Um, that'll be at the tag at the end. So, wow, grace and peace to you. Lynn, thanks so much. Um, this has been a rich conversation. I appreciate all you've got to share with people. And you as well, Joel. The Christians and the former Mormon Christians need to walk side by side. It's a wonderful Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. It's, it's great. Fun. All right. Until next time, grace and peace. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.